And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real person. You know, someone who can actually understand your issues and work to resolve them. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. No wonder we call it live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Talking Niners podcast on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I am your host, Kobe Ransom. And the Niners suffered their first L. They had their homecoming ruined, their first game back in Levi's. And I don't know how many days uh, they had the 94 throwback uniforms on and it got ruined by the one and only Aaron Rodgers. Here with me to discuss that game and look ahead to the Niners' next game, which is a home game against the Seattle Seahawks, is the one and only Niner Wire Sam. What's going on, man? How are you doing on this fine Thursday? Fine Thursday, indeed. Going pretty well. Obviously, the Niners lost. Big game. I had them losing this game, though. So, you know what? A loss that I predicted, I'm chilling. At the beginning of the season, I predicted. I said they would win this game earlier, I, but they lost. So, you know what? I predicted at the beginning of the season. We'll leave it at that. But anyways, a loss is a loss, which sucks for the team. Two and one. You know, we're still in the good place in the division. So, uh, season's definitely going. I mean, it's early to say what the season's going to be like. But got big division game this week. Got a big division game next week. Now we're really hitting the rough of our schedule. So let's freaking fracking talk about it. You win this freaking fracking. You, you did it dude, right man. before the game started on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, no, dude, you, you got to do it. Let's freaking fracking do it. Before we jump into everything, a reminder to, if you are enjoying the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, make sure you subscribe or follow the pod. If you are listening on Apple podcasts, make sure you leave a review and rate us five stars really helps us out. And if you're listening to the podcast and you perhaps maybe want to catch us live, you can catch us on YouTube. We have the YouTube channels, uh, the links to those in the description of the episode. And if you are listening on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button if you enjoy and make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel. The most important part, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell so you can get notifications. All right. I have to, can, so, I just, can I stop you right there? Did you see the lineup for the Super Bowl halftime show? No. It looks like Dr. Dre is there. That actually might not be Dr. Dre, but Snoop Dogg and Kendrick Lamar are 100% on that. I don't know who the other three guys are, but it looks absolutely stacked. I just want to I just want to put that out there real quick. This could be a really good halftime show. Yeah, it could be. All right, so sky is falling on 49ers Twitter this week. It, it is falling. And we are in shambles all the way, and it's even more so today. Yesterday, people started questioning whether Shanahan knows what he's talking about. Um, or knows what he's doing at all. So we have that. And then today we had the nugget that Tom Brady, apparently in some book or whatever, he was talking to Wes Welker and told him after, like right after the Niners or shortly after the Niners lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs was that if they came calling, he would go. And that's where he finished his career. And the Niners apparently had – Shanahan had his coaches, uh, offensive coaches, look at the look at the tape from – Tom Brady in that 2019 season, they thought he was only marginally better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was their takeaway after watching the season of tape in 2019 from Tom Brady. So that's what everyone's yelling about today, um, <laughs> about the fact that the Niners 
missed out on Tom Brady. He wanted to go there. They said no. They thought he wasn't too much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. They stuck with Garoppolo instead. Hindsight's always 2020. We know 2020 season, Tampa Bay wins Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Whole lot of discussion on that and about whether or not Kyle and John know what they're doing. We won't get into that too much today, but in case you didn't know or you missed it, that's another reason why 49ers Twitter is an absolute mess today. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady coming to the Niners. You know, I think, honestly, last year, I'll be real, I said Jimmy Garoppolo was probably going to be the better option than Tom Brady. Anyway, it looked like that, but now looking at hindsight's always twenty twenty. You look at that now, and at the end of the day, I mean, the 49ers definitely blew it for not signing the greatest quarterback of all time, who, by the way, would have been a phenomenal mentor to Trey Lance if we had if we made that trade back up. We probably wouldn't. We probably would have gone with a guy like Kyle Trask, who Tom Brady is currently mentoring. Could have gone with a guy like Kellen Mond, Davis Mill. They got even someone even later in the draft. So overall, I mean, the Niners kind of botched it right there. Let's be real. I, it sucks that Tom Brady's not a 49er. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think Trey Lance could have a great career. Obviously, we're all saying that. Not saying he's going to be better, but at the end of the day, I think it, it is what it is. I think I don't, I'm not going to make too big of a deal with it. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, it's just unfortunate that that was the case. It does seem crazy though to say no to the goat. The goat comes calling, and he's like, "Hey, I want to be a Niner," and they're like, "Hey, no, I think we're good." And mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes it's just, and you combine out the fact that they didn't scout Watson and Mahomes in 2017. And I mean, you start to think, think about it a little bit more. It's like, oh my God, what are we doing? But whatever, moving on. The game that happened on Sunday, a 20, not 20, 30 to 28 loss for the 49ers would start with the defense. Sam, I don't know how much the, did you watch the full game um, on Sunday? I did. I was able to watch the full game on Sunday. Okay, but cool. what what were your takeaways from what we saw from the 49ers defense against the Green Bay Packers offense? Because going to that game, we're thinking they, they could have dominated and they did not. So what did you think? They did not whatsoever. And honestly, credit to the Green Bay offensive line. The offensive line was really banged up and they stepped it up in a big way. Our defensive line is usually how this get this team wins the game on defense. It couldn't because we could barely get to Aaron Rodgers. And you can say, yeah, there were some misholdings here and there. There was a ton of ref ball here and there for both sides. But at the end of the day, the Niners defense did not play well. And mainly in the secondary, the line, but the front seven did a decent job. Could have been better. The secondary is where they really poorly played. There was a ton of miscommunication that felt like uh, we had, you know, the Devonte Adams got opened way too many times. In my opinion, obviously MBS had that big catch. There was just a lot of secondary was just kind of a mess. Josh Norman looked absolutely cooked out there. And I think he's coming back this week. Uh, maybe we don't really know, but I think Dominor Lenore should be starting over Josh Norman. I think if anything happened from the game, that should be the case. It might not actually be able to happen now because Kalen was going to be out for a bit. So he's going to have Dominor Lenore is going to have to be in the slot, which I think was one of the main reasons the 49ers drafted him. He could play slot. But at the end of the day, the 49ers secondary has to step it up. And losing Jason Verrett already showed in a big way last game. So the secondary really has to step it up. Now, as for the linebackers, I think they did a Pretty decent job. We didn't really see Fred Warner as much all over the place as we usually do. No Dre Greenlaw for the first time. That was definitely a bit of a big loss. Or wait, did he did he play against Philly? No, he didn't. He did not. So that was the second time. So yeah, I mean, the defense definitely looked a bit worse out there than they did against Philly, probably because the Packers offense is a bit better. 
But at the end of the day, the 49ers defense has to step it up. Even though it's the Green Bay Packers, I had them at the beginning of the season. I said they were going to be the best team in the NFC. We'll see how that goes. But the Packers are a good team. And the 49ers defense are, is a good defense. The 49ers D should have done better either way, in my opinion. What we saw on Sunday for me was that the 49ers defense is now regressed to just good. They're no longer going to be elite, I don't think, for the Niners this year. And people were likely expecting this defense to kind of resemble the 2019 defense, and that's just not going to be the case, especially when you lose Jason Verrett, who was your top corner. And then you have more injuries on top of that. You know, we lost Norman um, by halftime in that game. K1 went out after the first um, the first series. So, you know, you're down, you know, three starting corners right there. It's just not going to go well. Now, what we didn't, you know, anticipate was the pass rush not really having much of a factor in this game. But most of that is due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And Green Bay had a good plan coming in. And they had a lot of quick passes. And Aaron Rodgers, they would take advantage of one-on-one on the outside numerous times in that game. And there were a lot of PIs that really hurt the Niners. Every single PI call was on third down for San Francisco. Times when you could have had to stop, but a little too much grabbing. Most of these passes weren't catchable. I think the only one that really felt correct, correct, was the Fred Warner one on Robert Tunyon, where he's going down the middle of the field and Warner doesn't have his head turned, grabbing on the jersey. The one from Mosley, that ball wasn't really catchable. I mean, it was it was it was not in range for Adams to catch that, but I guess they don't call PIs. Well, they don't call PIs based on the catchability of the ball. It's just basically if you're holding, you're holding. And then the one on Lenore, you know, I think he grabbed on to I think it was I forget who the, who, who is 13. I think it's um Alan Lazard. Yeah, Lazard. I think he grabbed onto his hand late or something like that. So they call PI on that. Some some rough PI calls. The run defense to me was another area where I was like, okay, what's happening here? Run defense was not great against the Packers. You might look at the numbers and say, hey, you know, they didn't do too poorly. But Green Bay averaged four yards per carry, 25 rushes for 100 yards. That wasn't – a lot of that was like it was a lot of boomer bust. Some of the run plays didn't go for a lot. Um, there wasn't any, like, big – runs from green bay but they were consistently able to get four or five yards of carry and you know that's a little concerning considering you know the lions game they were able to get off to a good start running the football eagles game they had some some solid rushes but for the most part they were better in that game um against obviously a lesser eagles team but is that gonna be a concern going forward kinlaw was okay around the fence he was nowhere to be seen in you know terms of pass rushing he's still developing as a, as a rusher and he's just not in an area where he's making a big impact and for the most part the Niners haven't been getting any interior rush it's been basically just the edges and D Ford was really nowhere to be seen in this game he was out there he had a couple of okay rushes but you know Packers were doubling Bosa someone else had to make a play Armstead he had a couple he had some good plays he had some good rushes he was the only one to get a sack in that game um, against the Packers but Overall, the area where we expected this team to be able to dominate the Packers was not able to. And you put a lot of pressure on the secondary to perform to a level that they will not perform to because they just, I mean, Lenore, lack of experience, you know. He's been playing solid, but you had to know that Rodgers was going to pick on him if he had one-on-one. And he had a couple of instances where I think somewhere, I think the towards the end of the 
first half. He threw it to Lenore's side. Lenore was playing inside the Adams. Um, Rogers saw that, threw it to the outside um, shoulder for Devontae Adams, an easy catch. And then later in that game, I think the last touchdown that Green Bay scored in the second half, Lenore was not deep enough in the zone and allowed a touchdown to um, Valdez Scantling. So some errors in that secondary, which is to be expected. It's the weakness of this team. But the pass rush has got to find a way to get going. You got to find a way to get pressure because that's where the strength of this team is at. And they cannot find a way to get pressure on these on these quarterbacks, especially against these better teams. It's not going to hurt you as much against the lesser you know, quarterbacks and the lesser offensive teams. But against the good teams, the contending teams, you got to find a way to get, you know, maybe run some stunts or something because it was very generic on the front. There was even some times where Ryans was having defensive linemen drop into coverage. There was a play where I saw DJ Jones in the middle of the field. I was like, why? Is, what are we doing there? And then there was a play where he had D Ford out in coverage that, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, listen, you know, let's, let's finally get some pressure. Let's not drop these guys. You know, we're doing a bit too much. So it's just, if we got a blitz, then send the blitz. I know it's Rodgers, but you got to find a way to get pressure. You can't allow him to have all day to throw. I feel like we saw that too much. And that's how things are looking, you know, from your front when your secondary is, is as banged up as it is. It's just not going to be a good day. And that's what we saw in this game. Yeah, I kind of want to put the stress on what you were just saying about the pass rush. This is probably the deepest defensive line in the league. You have guys who should be starting on most teams. And the fact that you can get barely any pressure against a banged up Green Bay offensive line is absolutely brutal. And also, you I didn't really mention, but you touched on it, Kobe. The run game needs to be better. The Last year, the run game was actually really good. I know in 2019, it was a bit poor. 2020, it got a lot better. That was the big concern for my for me going into 2020 with this defense, the run game. It got a lot better in 2020, and I think I was hoping it would stay there, but so far as not, the Lions had a great game against us. Philadelphia, we actually held Philadelphia pretty well, but we did not do that good against Green Bay. And I know it doesn't show it on paper, but at the beginning of the game, they kept feeding the ball to Aaron Jones. He made it look so easy. So at the end of the day, I definitely think that the 49ers run game has to step it up especially when you look at week five, you got the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is going to be running the ball all over the place. Same with even week four. Russell Wilson could even do some work. You got Chris Carson there too. It could be absolutely brutal for the 49ers. They cannot figure out this run game situation. But the pressure is really the key thing that really drives this defense going forward, really makes this defense what it is, what we say it's an elite defense. It's because of the pressure. It's not because of the secondary. It's not because of the linebackers, although we love Fred Warner. It's because of this pressure. It all starts in the trenches, and that's what we need to step it up next time. Yeah, for sure. A positive, though, if Jason Verrett was still healthy, him and Mosey would have been a great secondary. Not great, but it would have been a good secondary because Mosey had himself a game outside of the P.I. call, which was ticky-tacky to me, and especially with the ball not really in play. But Mosey was fantastic in, in, in run fill. He was fantastic in coverage in this game. Mosley first game back. I thought maybe he might struggle. He did not. He had a good game. So that's a positive going forward. Hopefully he can keep that going for the Niners. So at least they have one side they can kind of rely on to have, you know, good coverage. Maybe you can, you know, uh, shade some help, you know, towards the other side. Uh, Josh Norman, though, he was solid in press coverage, but guys are getting past him. And luckily, Rogers wasn't looking his way. But watching the All-22, there were some times where – Either I think it was in one time it was Adams, another time it was Valdez Scantling, who just like ran right past him, had like three, two or three yards of separation. So if he does start against Seattle, I mean, you're really hoping that 
Russell isn't able to connect to able to connect on a couple of deep balls on Norman's side, or at least they maybe play uh, with safety kind of helping on his side. So they don't allow a big completion, any easy touchdowns there. That was one concern I had watching Norman. Um, Lenore had some rookie moments. And then Dante Johnson is Dante Johnson. I don't think it's Dante really Johnson. Discuss that too much. Uh, exactly. This comment from Pinor here is terrible to me to think that Juice should have went down. So scoring, why can't the defense hold their end of the deal, given that there was only 37 seconds left and no timeouts? Yeah, I didn't think the defense was in a bad spot. I think the offense they were in a great spot. The secondary was just really it. It just it just shows the the weaknesses of the secondary. You had that yeah. play, Devontae Adams, like third and long. And it was basically the exact same thing that held the exact same thing that Tyree killed in the Super Bowl to us. I mean, 37 seconds, no timeouts. That's not a whole lot to work with. They, and it really got down there on two throws. And one was a, just really a great throw from Rodgers to, to Adams. Maybe Warner's deeper there. I mean, hindsight's 2020. And, you know, knowing, you know, what ends up happening in that play, you think, oh, Warner should have been deeper. It was like a fingertip away from getting the hand on that ball. It was just such a great throw from Rodgers and a great catch from Adams. But that second one was where they're playing way off. They don't need as many yards, and they're kind of like just – they're playing a bit too soft, and they kind of just gave Adams a gimme for the for the remaining yardage. So that was tough. But, yeah, 37 seconds, no timeouts. You think – I mean, I thought Niners won that game for me personally. I was like, okay, 37 seconds, no timeouts. Maybe I'm just – you know, sliding Rogers way too much. Obviously, I was because Rogers. Obviously, we were there. It's Aaron Rodgers, dude. You cannot. It's tough. But I was like, okay, you know, they. That's not a whole lot to work with. But Rogers and the offense had a great drive. Most quarterbacks, that's way. That's enough time. We'll get into the offense in a second, but yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't think the offense gave the defense a rough spot. I think the Packers' offense has made some really good plays and it exactly. cost them the game. And speaking of speaking of the run defense, D'Amico Ryans is currently doing his press conference right now. He said that the run defense has to play better, and he wants the defensive right. lineman to be the aggressor in the run game. And those are two things that we did not see in the Green Bay game. So he's absolutely right, yeah, right, right were, there. They were, they were getting pushed around in the run game. Um, that's what I saw. And the linebackers weren't weren't also they weren't getting a push from defensive line. And some of the linebackers were not you know filling correctly. Even Warner a couple of times uh, filled the wrong gaps. You know where he would open up cutback lanes for these guys. So yeah, run defense has to be better, especially with the you know the Seahawks and the Cardinals coming up next. You really gotta shore that up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the defensive uh kind of evaluation from what we saw in that game. Let's get to the offense. And I think we can all agree that first half was terrible. Oh, was terrible. The, the same as, as last week against the Eagles, first half, two back-to-back weeks of slow starts. Can't have that. Can't have that. And to be honest, even with that slow start, honestly, it's amazing. We look at this game. I mean, Niners lost this game by two. And, you know, the, the timeline, the 49ers social media is, you know, in a panic. They lost this game by two, even with the slow first half. But nonetheless, slow first half, can't have it against good teams. This is what we feared would happen if they played a better team and had a slow first half. We saw it just the, the, the next week. You know, we were against the Eagles. Against the Eagles, we were like saying, you know, can't start slow. Got to be able to uh, convert in these third downs. Got to be able to move the football, especially when you have, you know, the talent you have in offense, the play call you have in Kyle Shanahan. They should be able to put up points um, pretty consistently. Offense is outside of running back is pretty much healthy. You have who you're going to have for the season. 
So I just got to find a way to get something going. But I thought that first half that the Packers had – I know people were not happy, not pleased with Sermon's performance. He didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. But that first half, the Packers had a good plan coming in to stop the Niners, the Niners offense. They were not allowing anything to get outside. And Devondre Campbell was fantastic at sniffing things out. Him and Darnell Savage had a nice game coming in to run Phil. They were prepared very well for this Niners offense. They could not get anything going uh, in the running game outside the tackles. Now, the Niners did have some success running to the left side, obviously behind that of Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson. And if we toss, you know, Kittle over there, you know, that's another solid run blocker. So they had success going to the left. Not a whole lot going right. Uh, the second half, they were able to move the ball a bit more consistently. Um, Jimmy Grapple got into a bit of a groove. They were able, but they could not. The Packers, you know, just to be honest, they they focused on taking taking away the middle of the field. That's what they focused on, and they were able to do that. Receivers on the crossing routes, on digs, on fade, on you know, just those routes were not open for the majority of this game until they were able to kind of get the play action game going. But the Packers were not going to allow Garoppolo to hurt them, you know, by beating them over the middle. They were not going to allow that. They took that away. That's the concern. The Packers going in were a defense. We were saying they've got no pass rush. You know, they they're, they're secondary. They're without Kevin King. Some people would joke that probably helped them because Kevin, <laughs> that's Kevin what everyone everyone at Syracuse when I said Kevin King's out, they're like, oh, that's actually going to help the Packers. It, uh, I mean, did it? I mean, we don't know. Uh, Sullivan was in there. He had, you know, some okay game. He got beat by Kittle late in that game on the final drive. The Niners uh, scored on. But, yeah, Kevin King wasn't available. But the secondary coming in outside of Jair, um, Jair Alexander, which just talk about him for a second. That play he made on the interception was – that was a play. I mean, he was on the other side. That was side a hell of a play. Yeah, that was like that. That's when you give the, um, the defender credit for making a great play. Jair Alexander won the best. And Garoppolo league, did not. That was not good pass necessarily from Garoppolo, but Jair Alexander, he, you have to give him credit on that play. Yeah, he he kind of sailed it a bit, watching it back. I, I thought it was a bit more on target than it was. I went back and watched it. It was it was it was about a yard or two out away from Kittle. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had a chance. Even if Jair wasn't there to make the play, I don't think Kittle makes that catch. But Jimmy gave it a shot. Um, he saw, I'm sure, you know, in the film room session, I'm sure in the meetings they were saying, Hey, if you get this look or if Kittle beats this guy, um, throw it, you know, and Jimmy threw it, but I don't think he knew it was cover four. And Jair, with no one, no one in his zone was able to kind of do what he wanted on that play, and he made a great play on the pick. But without the pick, I still think it's a catch for Kittle, but yeah, this wasn't a whole lot going for the offense to the second half. And my concern really is without that return from Trenton Cannon, do they even score in the first half? Because they couldn't really move the ball. Probably not, dude. And the 49ers looked terrible. Yeah, offensively, that first half was not good at all. And they had, I mean, Trenton Cannon set them up at the 32. You know, they're they're in field goal range already at the end of that half. And it took them how many plays to score without I mean, without the holding call in Sanu uh down in the red zone, they probably would have had to kick three. Anyway, I, I mean, the holding call, it's another. I don't know if, if Snoop even really has a chance to catch that ball, to be honest. If it wasn't, I don't think the, the hold affected him that much, but I mean, that's how they call it. So he got the benefit of the doubt. But 
without that and without the cannon return, I don't really know if they even really scored the second half. I mean, I mean, at the end of the first half, and they might be going in the second half down 17 nothing, really. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's where you kind of credit the defense keeping them in the game because they went three and out, what, two or three times in that first half? And then they yeah, had, something like that. Oh, and then that was the big thing that for that fourth and one, when you're down 10 and you're finally moving the ball, that was the one drive right before their last drive of the half. They're finally moving the ball and you have a fourth and one and you don't go for it when you finally got something going. That, that's one. Yeah, that was, like, was Kyle, inexcusable. Like, Kyle, and come on. Kyle, it's a mental error. You cannot make really. The, I, I played baseball like two years in high school and throughout my early childhood. The one thing I could take away from that physical errors, chill in sports, mental errors are inexcusable. You cannot make mental errors, especially if you're the coach. That's it. That's what gets people fired. That's exactly why and, guys and, like Anthony Lynn, time management, that's time management's the, the usual big mental error. When you're going to not go for it on fourth and one where you're down 17, that is just that, that is poor, poor execution right there. And the Packers had it last year. It was like fourth and one and they could have gone for it and they didn't. I, they were, I think they were up actually, but they went for the field goal or they might've been down. I don't really know. But either way, no, not yeah, going down. for the down. championship game. It was a championship game. Yeah, yeah not going they, for they on fourth goal. down. They were down by the one. Game. They gave Brady to go. They gave Brady the ball back last, and he ended it. So yeah, it cost them the game. It could have cost us the game because we would have been up by another touchdown if we got maybe if we if we made that fourth and one could have been up by another touchdown. Could have even got a field goal. goal. Field goal would have sealed that. Yeah. So could have done either of that. First drive the offense. Hey, but you know what? Going, hey, and they don't go for on it. a positive note. That did help Mitch Wisnowski's special team player of the month campaign by not going. Oh for yeah, it. we gotta give uh, Wisnowski his flowers. Special teams player of the month, Mitch Wisnowski. Fourth round pick, People. the best fourth round pick in 2019. Actually, no joke. Is this the best fourth round pick the Niners have had in, in the, the Shanahan era? era? It is. Oh no, you know was Contavious Street a fourth round pick? I don't think he was. I think he might have been a fifth rounder. It might have been a sixth rounder, actually. Let me see. Now I gotta look this up. I'm looking at it right now. Uh Contavious Street, obviously a defensive end for the 49ers. He was drafted in the fourth round. Oh, he was? Okay. Well. Yeah, I'll give it. I you have to give it to Contavious I'm, Street. I might still give it to Wisnowski. I mean he's a close second. Contavious, is Contavious Street winning uh player of the month? I don't think no. he is. Wisnowski is. I mean, I, I gotta give it to him. Gotta give it to him. Have to. But yeah, back to what we were saying. Yeah, that fourth and one, gotta go for that. Got to. First drive you got going. And it's funny because Kyle in his press conference said he was like mad that the I mean, because that third and one, I think Max snapped that early. Line wasn't ready. And Sermon had just got back to the line of scrimmage. Kyle didn't know where they were really. He didn't think that he didn't think that Trey got back. So he was upset at the offensive line for jumping that he didn't realize that it was still it was still just one yard. And he said, hindsight, he would have definitely wished he went for that. But he was so upset with the offensive line for jumping that he didn't realize there was only one yard. So Kyle's temper might have cost him a little bit there, uh, making a judgment call. But first half, starting slow, finally got a drive going. Don't go for it on that, on that first and 10. I mean, that fourth and one. What am I talking about? Fourth and one. And then without that cannon return, who knows? They might be going into the half with no points at all. And then the second half, they finally get it going. Uh, Jimmy has the nice touchdown pass to Brendan Ayuk. Um, it was Ayuk. 
It was I, well. The first one I think was the Lance Run. I think. Yeah, the first one was the Lance. Okay, yeah, the, that place went crazy. It was Lance Run. Then it was like you touchdown, and then we scored twenty eight. The so then Sermon touchdown. Sermon touchdown. Was, yeah, and the use check touchdown. So oh, I hit my mic. Uh, second half, Niners had. I think they only had one that two drives they didn't score on and the rest were touchdowns and the, the two drives were they had the punt where um trent williams doesn't pick up Preston smith there's a miscommunication on the line and smith comes unblocked and jimmy's got no shot and then there's that second fumble i mean the, the, the second turnover of the game the fumble where jimmy panics because contavious i mean not not contavious um kenny clark that's his name Beats Alex Mack off the snap. They're trying to set up a screen, but I don't think Mack is, is, is a screen blocker, so he's still trying to you know protect um, and block Kenny Clark. Clark beats him, gets right up in Jimmy's face. Um, Jimmy, they're trying to set up a screen to start on the left. Um, Samuel's coming around the right, but Jimmy just panics and he tries. He turns around and I guess there must have been a lot of things going in Jimmy's head at that moment because I think what he wanted to do obviously was throw the ball at Sermon's feet to be an incomplete pass, but he turns, throws the ball backwards, turns out to be a fumble, and the Niners um, lose the possession on that play, and the Packers get a field goal out of it, and now they're down by six instead of three. And that's another area where you're thinking, okay, Niners might have screwed themselves there because without that fumble – the Niners maybe get a field goal or Niners score a touchdown there. You know, it's either a tie game or they're up four, you know, at, at the end of the game. And then the Packers don't can't win with a field goal. And so it's just some errors. You know, Niners finally got it going, but offense felt way too hard in this game. Considering what came in, you know, coming in, we're like Packers defense isn't great. Offense felt way too hard. And that was my takeaway for the most part. Second half, they got some things going, but it, it was like there were some plays like Debo had a catch um, to keep a drive going where he he was he got whacked I think a couple times. He made a catch where he got absolutely whacked and somehow held on. Some nice catches from Debo. There were some times where, where Jimmy – I mean, I don't think there were too many missed throws from Jimmy in this game. Just the fact that the play calling wasn't really getting people open. And things just felt way too hard. Niners I also think kind of like – I was just gonna say what you talked about earlier, like the middle of the field. The Packers definitely took that away. I think that had yeah. to be what the Niners' plan was: use the middle of the field, and the Packers' defense read them well. Yeah, for sure, that was their play. That that's where Shanahan and the, the offense as well with grapple in the game is over the middle of the field. But if teams watch what the Packers did in this game and they're able to replicate that, it's only gonna get harder for this defense, especially if they can't run the football. It's just. There's got there has to be some improvements because even though they lost this game by two points, and you know, you think like offense did good enough, it shouldn't be this hard. It really shouldn't be this hard as much talent as there is in this offense. It's much, you know, as well as good of a play caller Kyle Shanahan is, you know, all the credit he gets. We gotta, you know, there wasn't a bootleg or a screen to the second half. Like, can we can we kind of like get something going? You know, like 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 that. Let's give me some 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 Jimmy gimmies. You know, make things a little bit easier. Get this all, get the ball moving in the first half. There wasn't any of those plays until the, like we like second half. Got the end around to Ayuk. You got the screen to Samuel. You got a bootleg. You know, we get any of that in the first half. And you know, you, you got to throw some, get some layups in there for Jimmy to start this game off. Niners got to get a fast start against Seattle. They got to. They cannot start slow Absolutely. again. 
And what we saw in this game was them starting slow. They picked it up later. This offense can move the football with Jimmy in there. They got to do a better job getting things going. Play Collins got to be better in the first half. Just got to get better on offense. Here's a question from, uh, was it Jaguayo, I want to say, 56? Jaguayo, 56? Um, Elijah Mitchell can't play. Who will be running backs two and three? Thoughts? It might not matter. Uh, I don't know how much Kyle wants to get the ball into the hands of the other guys. What, who is else? It's, it's Jaquiz Patrick and Kerryon Johnson, other two guys. So, uh, yeah, I think it's Jaquiz, Jaquiz Patrick, Trey Sermon, obviously. Uh, Trey Sermon's RB1. Yeah, Trey Cannon. So, I mean, Trey's going to get the carries again. And if it wasn't Trey, they had Husek uh, out there playing running back. Yeah, so. actually, sorry, Husek was RB2. I didn't see Jacobus yeah. Patrick play at all. Nor did nor, nor did I see Carry on Johnson. Nor did I see yeah, Trent Cannon play. only on that special teams return. I don't think they would play. I think they're just there in case of injury. I think they're just kind of bodies for the most part. So if Mitchell doesn't play, I think it's the same situation as uh, last week with the Packers. I think it's just going to be Juice and and Sermon. Those two. Yeah, it should be. It should just be those two. I mean, maybe Patrick knows the system a bit more. We might see a bit more of him. Seattle's defense has not looked good so far. So maybe that's they the try thing, like, That's the thing. Will it matter though? Because we thought the same thing coming into this game against the Packers, and it didn't matter. And then also we we had the same discussion. I know Jimmy was maybe you know a little more injured last year, but we had the same discussion. CL defense was historically bad to start last season, and we're coming in off of two you know two wins against the the Rams and the Patriots. And you're thinking, all right, offense should have their way. And then that's like the last game Jimmy plays that season. And it was Mm -hmm. horrendous before Jimmy came out. So, you know, it's just you just kind of wonder. It's like, can they do enough on offense to make the Seattle's defense be in bad matter? That's the hope. Maybe they can. Um, Seattle looks like they're a little suspect in defending, you know, know, play action a a little bit. They can get. Kittle going. That's what Shannon's been thriving on. Yeah, they got to get play action going, bootlegs going for Jimmy. Um, but you, it's a divisional game. Seahawks back against the wall. They can't go one and three. That's a really really bad start. You can't have that. You're gonna they're gonna get Seattle's best in this. You know, and then we get that we get to that in a second. But you're hoping they could take advantage of the Seattle's bad defense. And as Dawson said here, yeah, once they start to get Kittle and Ayuk, uh, you know, consistent touches, offense start to move. I mean. Yeah, the offense second half was good. They put up 21 points in the second half. So, for the most part, I, the Niners were lucky to still be in the game the way they started because it could have easily been 24 nothing, or even Absolutely. worse. Defense it was just a credit. slow start that really just killed us. Yeah, defense deserves credit for holding the, the game, to keeping the game in like a very manageable you know state because it could have easily been a lot worse. Same thing we said in the Eagles game. Could have been a lot worse to start. A lot, lot, lot worse. Yeah, so you get the credit. You get the defense credit for that is, is keeping this game, um, you know, as close as they did. Um, Jaquayo, another comment. We couldn't run and Green Bay forced him to throw. All our opponents are going to do the same. Can we use the same quick passing attack to get the ball out of uh, Aaron Rodgers did to us? Yeah, let's get some screens going. Niners have a good screen game. For the most part, they got to get some screens going to their to their guys. I get some tunnel screens for you, some tunnel screens for Debo. Just get the ball in Debo's hands. He, he normally does a really good job. Um, they only ran one screen and it gets the Packers. Like, I mean, yeah, the second half oh. offense was good, but let's let's 
put Debo in space. Let's get the ball into the yeah. hands of your best players and just let them do the rest. That's how yeah, that's the other thing. anyway. I mean, you have a healthy offensive line for a team that usually runs a lot of screens and you're on one screen. I mean, maybe they thought that Green Bay could cover it well, but I mean, they, they try to do the middle of the field. Green Bay covered that well. You got to try something new. It felt that, like Naya tried to it felt like Naya tried to pick on these corners. It felt like they tried. But the thing is, Niners don't use the whole field in the passing game. They use like 20 yards and in and really just middle of the field. They were not challenging them outside the numbers, down the field. It's a lot easier to defend a passing attack when they only really target you target you in one area. I mean, that's that's the hard part. So they got to get back into playing their offense, get the bootlegs going. Let's get some more screens in there. Let's be a little more – just go back to playing 49er football on offense. I think they were trying to be something that they weren't, you know, for the most part in this game. Um, once they got back into doing what they normally do, offense started to move the football a bit more. So we'll see how they do going forward. But uh, that was my evaluation of the offense. Yeah, I think for me, the offense, I mean, I kind of said it here and there through that long evaluation. But overall, I think you're probably looking at the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that was not a good game whatsoever. And you, if you're going, I mean, he, Kyle Shannon said it's not a battle. I don't really buy that necessarily. When you start like that and you just draft the guy third overall, give up so much to get him, it definitely screams quarterback battle, and especially when you don't play well to start off the game. And that momentum kind of, I mean, it didn't necessarily carry on, but it, I mean, you get what I'm saying. I mean, it didn't carry on, but it definitely left a negative impact on this team to start the game. Put us behind. You can't really go behind, behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers, behind a guy like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, the next two guys that we play. Even Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah, he's kind of been struggling, but he's a good quarterback still. You cannot go behind. You, you can't go behind against guys who are good quarterbacks. We play a lot of those guys this year. As for the run game, I mean, the thing with the run game is you can make the excuse that you only had Trey Sermon. And I, I think that's kind of fair to say. Sermon hasn't been big. He's not been getting that many snaps. Obviously, the inactive one snap earlier. So really not much from Trey Sermon. I wasn't expecting much from the game. That's what kind of they had to use the passing game. And the passing game, I mean, Garoppolo, as I said, did not look good. Receivers were better. I like how the Ayuk was on the field a bit more, doing a bit more there. But as I said earlier, you should use a lot more screen passes. The team runs on play action, runs on screen passes. We didn't see that many screen passes here. And I think that kind of killed us a little bit. So you got to get on that. And I mean, just making adjustments. This is something that the Niners are not that good at doing. In my opinion, when Green Bay found that, figured out, oh, they're using the middle of the field. Niners were like, well, what do we do from here? I guess use the middle of the field more. They kind of did figure it out to be fair, but they could have used a bit more screen passes, in my opinion, because I feel like that would have been really helpful for this team. And the offensive line, I mean, the offensive line, kind of on that screen pass note, the offensive line has been playing fantastic. And as uh, Jaguayo56 said right there, Jaguayo56, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. But what grade would you give to Alex Mack in this game? Yeah, Alex Mack did have a bit of a down game, in my opinion. But I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say like B minus C plus, something like that. The offensive line still looks great all around Alex Mack. And Alex Mack has definitely made a noticeable impact to this offensive line in a positive way. So overall, I mean, it wasn't his best game, but I think that the 49ers can really build off of that and make a good game from a good offensive line using the screen pass. Just do what the 49ers do. I feel like Kyle Shanahan kind of slipped out of his comfort zone trying to get a little bit fancy against the Green Bay Packers, but they figured that out. They were ready for it. 
So overall, I mean, the offense can do a lot better next time. I think it's that simple. And they have to do a lot better because you look at the opponents coming up, does not get any easier from here. You got Seattle, Arizona. You have a bye. Yeah, you have a bye. But then you have Indianapolis. I mean, Indy's 0-3. I think they're going to step it up soon. Week 8 is Arizona again. Is that correct? No, Chicago, I believe. Chicago Week 8. Okay. So Chicago Week 8. Or is it? No, it might be Arizona again. Hang on. Let me see. No, it is Chicago Week 8. Now I remember. Arizona's Week 9. And then Week yeah, 10, you got the Rams. So that's, those are just the next six weeks. And you really got to step it up from there because this is the really this is really the big part of our schedule. You got Seattle, Arizona. If you can go four and one going into the bye, that would be huge for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. Getting back into your you know Trey Lance Jimmy thing, I do think that they don't plan on starting Trey Lance anytime soon. That's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like if they really felt like that's, I feel like it's a lot more that goes into it than just Trey should be starting. Because number one is you know what I, what I say you know leading into this season is like for Trey. He doesn't have to be great, you know, day one. He doesn't have to be the guy day one. And I think the Niners understand that. You draft Trey to be the franchise guy, not be the Super Bowl quarterback his first year in the league. And you know, with a team that is obviously planning to compete for Super Bowl, I think Jimmy probably is the better guy to start right now because obviously he's got the experience in these, you know, Pressure situations. We saw it in the in the Green Bay game. He's able to help lead him down the field and score a touchdown, you know, to go ahead and almost, you know, basically what would have been the game winning drive. And we saw just he's still been one of the best in the league on third downs. I think he is the most efficient quarterback in the league right now on third on third downs. So he keeps the chains moving. So why are you doing your eyebrows like that? What are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I'm just bored. <laughs> my God. I'm listening to you. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fooling around listening to you, waiting for my turn patiently. We're okay. chilling. All right. But, yeah, I mean, can they use Trey Moore in game? Yes. I think they can use Trey Moore in these games to help out with the offense. But I think I think Kyle is telling the truth. I think there is no quarterback battle. I think he doesn't – it's not a competition. I don't think he plans on starting Trey at any point in the season. I don't think he hopes he has to. I mean, I could be wrong. But I don't think he hopes he has to start Trey this year. But – they can definitely use him more to have out this offense at times to add a different element, you know, against these defenses because run game can't get it going. And you put Trey in there, yeah, another element you play, make a defense have to play 11 on 11, you know, that's when you can kind of start to maybe get some things going in the run game, improve yeah, the run game, make it a little bit easier. You know, just, just to get into another, you know, just what uh, Jay Guayo put out. Uh, do you think that is true that Trey Lance has not been able to win over the team, or do you think he's not quite ready? How many touches we? Yeah, I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think he's ready. And I, I think feel we that. kind of saw that in the preseason. I think maybe accuracy might, might still need some work. I think there's probably some things he's not seeing. Um, he had some issues and moved the ball in training camp. You know, he had some struggles there. So maybe just situational football, maybe just just certain scenarios that Kyle's not comfortable with him out there in yet. Um just kind of that kind of thing. I, I, overall, he probably isn't ready yet. And if he was, he probably would be playing right now. But he's not. And Jimmy's the guy. 
and he'll probably will continue to be the guy unless the season just goes completely downhill where the Niners are maybe going in two and three at the bye, or maybe they just dip. They maybe they're 500 with like a couple of games left and they really need something to get going. Like, but at that point, Trey had a chance to sit and watch for, for some weeks. So that's a bit different, you know, I just think Trey probably is not ready yet, but now they're playing regular season football, they're getting stuff on film. They're able to kind of walk him through some things as the season goes on. I think he'll get better, but you know, Right now, he is just likely not ready, and he doesn't have to be right now. That's my thing. Trey Lance doesn't need to be ready. Trey Lance doesn't need, quote-unquote, to play this year to be a good quarterback for the Niners. That's my thing. So if if Kyle and the coaching staff feels like he needs to continue to be used sparingly and sit and, and watch and learn, then I'm okay with that. But you know, on that note, Jimmy's got to do things better on offense. Gotta be more consistent. Stop with the with the, the the question mark throws where it's like, whoa, what was that? What are you doing? What, what are you looking at? Like none of that. Oh, we need wait, no. Jimmy to be consistent, and I think his offense will be fine. So, yeah, I think the one thing now I'm kind of realizing, as you said, I think we're just impatient for Trey Lance. I think that's really what it is. I mean, I'm kind of just I was kind of just thinking to myself while you're talking about that. I know I've been saying I want Trey Lance to start. But when I I was look I mean when I first when the Niners first made the trade I was like Trey Lance is going to be sitting for a while I don't necessarily know if we're going to take him because Trey Lance is not NFL ready and I mean I saw Malik Willis play this Friday I mean he was all right didn't really look like an NFL ready quarterback he's going to need at least a year probably in my opinion to sit on the bench and be behind someone who can show veteran leadership to him and Trey Lance is in a very similar scenario probably even a more raw scenario than Malik Willis is because Malik Willis is playing better opponents than Trey Lance is. Overall, I think you look at those two scenarios. I think people are just impatient. I know Trey Lance was lighting up training camp, and I think that's why people like the hype was just sky high for him. I think at the end of the day, Trey Lance, I think we all knew he was going to need more time, but we kind of just got brainwashed by that just by looking at the highlights, looking at whatever, looking at all the plays that he was making, looking at how Jimmy Garoppolo was playing, looking at how the offense looked. I think at the end of the day, I think you definitely have to give Trey Lance some time and yeah, I know we've been kind of ra- uh, like not kind of ranting about Jimmy G saying that he's not necessarily the best quarterback, but at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback in this league. He's led us to a Super Bowl. Whether you like it or not, he's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and it, it could be that way for a while. I know a lot of people, I think it's just some of the patience. I know a lot of Niners fans have been very impatient with things, just going as soon as someone gets cut, oh, John Lynch on the phone. I do that by myself, but at the end of the day, I love that. I, that is my favorite picture of my camera roll, by the way. But anyways, it, I mean, it's just, it's just all about patient. I think we have to be a bit patient, see how it plays. You can't the, – the one thing I will say, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the really the sole reason you're losing games, I think you have to make a switch because this is a team who's in a win-now mode. You have a quarterback ready if Jimmy Garoppolo is not performing well. If he's not performing well, if he's the sole reason we're losing him, this happened last year with Nick Mullins. Week, I would say week 14 and 15. Those were two games that Nick Mullins was responsible for losing. Everyone played well that game except for Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins lost us the game that week. That's a scenario. If Jimmy Garoppolo is playing like that, that's a scenario where you got to put Trey Lance in. It was not just Jimmy Garoppolo that did uh, that underperformance against Green Bay. There were a lot more tough stuff. We already covered that, so we're not going to go back into that. But Trey Lance, whenever Jimmy Garoppolo is not performing that well, when Jimmy Garoppolo, when Jimmy Garoppolo is costing us those games, then you put in the guy – 
like Trey Lance to succeed and lead this team. And by the way, and Trey Lance has to be ready too. If if Jimmy Garoppolo is struggling, if Jimmy Garoppolo is struggling, but Trey Lance isn't ready, that's a tough question. That could very much happen. I think, I mean, you've seen Trey Lance in here and there. So they're definitely trying to get him ready, getting him some NFL action, using him some snaps, red zone especially. So at the end of the day, I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. But I think going for Garoppolo should be the starting quarterback, at least until I would say once you get through the rough stretch of games, maybe like week 11 against Jacksonville, that's a game where you should win. I think that's probably a good start if Trey Lance wants to start and Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing well. That's really when you got to evaluate. If the 49ers are a 500 team, I think you got to make a switch because that's the only way you're going to make it to the playoffs, especially when you're in the NFC West. Yeah. You know, it's just Trey wasn't drafted to be great this year. He's drafted to be great for a long span of years. And if him sitting this year helps do that, if Kyle feels him sitting this year helps do that, then so be it. You know, there's no correct way to do it playing him or sitting him like there's 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 data that goes both ways so it just kind of got to let it play out you know i know he's a generational talent as far as his athletic ability and the, you know just him as a thrower and his and obviously his intellect and his intelligence as, as a football player but just gotta be a little patient and i think we'll be all right uh jimmy is good enough to get the Niners to the playoffs and that's really all that really matters at this point is getting to the playoffs um also thank you jaguar for the for the comment um obviously we're, we're trying to do our best here um as the youngins and you know carry the tradition or whatever um mm-hmm. but yeah we, we appreciate we, that we appreciate the uh the compliment um a lot of Fortnite fans starting to feel down on lenore but i believe he is going to be a very good football player for us same with hufunga yeah i would not say anyone who's down on lenore i have not really seen that i haven't seen, i haven't there might be some people out there i, I don't see everyone's comments it could be on facebook could be it might be because he got the start. Sorry, uh, Josh Norman got the start over him. But at the end of the day, I mean, Dominator Lenore is a fifth-round pick. Starting against they're the rookies, Eagles. Right? They're they're rookies. It's a fifth-round fifth pick. A fifth-round pick usually is projected to be a backup. And Dominator Lenore is starting right away. And it's because it's not because of the injuries. It's because he earned that. I know Jason Wright. You can say Jason Wright was out. But what about Josh Norman? Guy who's been in the league for a while, been at one point a top cornerback in the league. What about a guy like Dante Johnson, been around for this team forever? No, they're going to go with the rookie, the fifth round rookie, Diamond Lenore. He earned that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not tripping off of Lenore and Hufunga right now. You know, just I have a thought on that. And I'll, I'll save it for a second. But um, offensive line, Run School and Alex Mack had a rough game um, in this game. Oh, that they was did. another. That was another area where it kind of affected the offense a little bit in a couple of plays. Now, one my one gripe with Jimmy, why doesn't he slide in the pocket? Like, just step up. Or I mean, We've discussed this a lot with Jimmy, but, like, he makes things seem a lot harder than they should be. There's some times when the guys are, like, rushing past him. He just, all he has to do is step up, you know, in the pocket, and he'll be fine. Or maybe scramble out. There was one play where everything collapses around him, and, like, the right side of the, the, right side of the line is, like, wide open. Like, you can scramble out easy. And extend the play, and he just doesn't. That's some frustrating things from Jimmy. He he starts he gets a little panicked. I think we saw that again in this game. He started to get a little frantic. Start moving, you know, moving a bit too fast whenever pressure came around him. Uh, he wasn't very calm as far as handling it. So, offensive line's got to be a little bit better um, and keeping the pocket clean for for Jimmy because he still doesn't 
react the best to pressure. And there's some there's some throws where he does, like the pass to Ayuk. Rusher comes, he stands in there, he throws a you know he throws a, a nice anticipation pass to you know Ayuk on Alexander, and it's a touchdown. So he's inconsistent. That's the we we already knew that. That's that still the case. He's inconsistent. But mm-hmm. yeah, now the thing about about my thought about this roster is I feel like this roster is kind of stuck in between. They, they got a lot of developing players on a roster that was built to win now. Now, that's kind of my evaluation of it, because you think about the first four picks of the draft. Lance, obviously quarterback. You don't want to mess that up. So they're being cautious with him. They're, they're sitting him. He's developing. Second pick, Banks, healthy scratch every week this season so far. You know, and and Brunskill isn't playing to the point where you're like he's beyond replacement. You know, you, you can get better at right guard, and Banks was trying to do that. He's not ready yet, so he's developing. Sermon, healthy scratch the first game, didn't play didn't play in the second game until Mitchell and Hastings went down. Then he comes in, and obviously, you know, the the, the hit, but he was okay. You know, he he played this last week, and then there were some times where maybe you're kind of like Sermon might have taken too long to hit a hole or just indecisive a bit as far as his running there's some reports that i don't know who they i guess to say rumor I, don't, I can't confirm whether this is a thing or not but they're saying that sermon is still trying to learn to be a one cup runner he's dancing a bit too much still which i think you kind of saw a little bit in this game um now granted there weren't a whole lot of holes there to be had so i won't be too critical of sermon in that game but obviously something's there they weren't happy uh, with him early on he didn't play until he had to and then you got Amber Thomas, who hasn't been good at all since you know camp preseason, first game. Wasn't I mean great. he was a raw healthy prospect spread. too I, with Lance. They're taking his time. Yeah, so another guy who needs time. So this Niners team and like Dawson said, this is my comparison. Last year, I even I last year like this roster for the Warriors is stuck in between competing and contending. I mean, not con- same thing, competing and developing. After, and they're still getting that, that same feel with the Niners this year because their first four picks, none of those guys are making an impact right now. You know, you know, you got Lenore who has been playing, but that's like one player out of all the guys you brought in. And then Mitchell played, but he wouldn't be playing if, if Mostert was here and Mitchell didn't have a good second game. So got a bunch of guys who kind of maybe just aren't ready. And then the, the guys you brought back, some of the veterans you brought back, some of those guys got hurt. Similar to the Warriors, a lot of their vets got hurt. And this roster where it's like they have enough to make the playoffs, but not, but not enough to maybe compete for a Super Bowl. It's too early to say that now. Maybe they fix things later. But just I, I feeling that this roster could be stuck in that moment where it's like this year, it's just like they got too many players getting, you know, developing to really compete. And then maybe next year, you know, they'll be ready to go. You, know, you got Lance in there probably most likely, probably 99% sure Lance is starting next year unless something crazy happens. Um, obviously another, another year under the belt of Banks, Sermon, um, Ambry Thomas, all the rookie, you know, all the rookies. Just maybe too much youth in this team. Maybe that's my take. Too much youth. Maybe just it's a little bit too much where it might get in the way or it may keep them from competing against a lot of the, the better teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, maybe they see that this NFC West is stacked and maybe they just want to developed they they went they may just went high ceiling in the draft they have a team that can win now but you go high ceiling in the draft and next year it's going to be better 
the other teams could lose out on some pieces too. So maybe they're thinking that way. I don't really know. I definitely think that they should have taken one guy that should have been a guy that should be able to win now. I think that guy was probably going to be Trey Sermon or even Aaron Banks could have been that guy. I don't really, I still don't get why they took him in the second round. He wasn't. Asante Samuel. What? See, the thing, Asante Samuel. Yeah. I mean, whew, I mean, even Kelvin we said corner throughout the entire the entire offseason. We're like, we need corners. You know, they brought back Verrett, brought back Mosley. But after that, it was like, because they drafted Thomas. I'm like, who is Ambry Thomas? Or who is that guy? Lenora's like, okay. But Thomas, like, who is Ambry Thomas? And now he, you know, banks healthy scratch. And they could have had Sante Salmon, who's playing well right now. And, ooh, man, they could have had him. It looks uh, worse now. It looks worse in hindsight because Banks hasn't played. If Banks is playing and playing well, it's like, okay, they didn't get Asante Samuel, but Banks is playing good. So, I mean, you kind of understand it. But he's not playing right now. So, it's like, ooh, that Samuel picks, missing on Samuel might, looks really bad right now. We'll see how it plays yeah. out later. I want to say the other thing about Banks that I kind of just realized, I remember a lot of people going into the draft said that his comparison was Lake and Tomlinson. You know who's in a contract year this year? Lake and Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Maybe that's why they drafted Eric Banks. Not to play right guard, to but to play left guard, which he played in college. He was a left guard in college. Maybe you let Lake and Tomlinson walk, save some money, and put a guy like Aaron Banks in. Dawson said, Maybe. I think Banks might be for a more power, power run offense. Might be what he's for. Maybe he's more of a power guy. and He's not built for the zone read scheme. Or just the zone run scheme. So, he's more of a pass blocker. He's he was not that good of a run blocker. In well, college. he's a big guy, so maybe he, you know, maybe he's more of a guy. He's like more of a bully blocker, where it's like just run right at this guy and just push him out of the play. Not like run horizontal and like and like wall guys off. More like hey, just go bully this guy in this run in this run. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe you know, like Dawson said, that's kind of where my head's at. Maybe he's built for a different offense right now, and maybe they might switch to that next year. Uh, Sermon too, a guy who's probably more of a more of a powerful runner than like a, a, a speedster. Obviously, he's not nowhere near the speed of, of guys like Mostert or Mitchell. So maybe he's more built for like a, a more power style running attack. I don't know. Maybe those two guys. That's why I'm like developing. You know, like they're like developing players because like they're trying to learn how to play in this scheme. But maybe they're built for different schemes. That might be something that they want to do going forward. Like the approach for the you know the approach. Because you draft Lance, right? You got to build a team around him. So it's like they're trying to like bring back the team that they had the last two years for Garoppolo and try to contend with that team, but also bringing in new guys, you know, that more that may fit their offense going forward with Lance, and that might be getting in their way right now with this team because they kind of need these young guys to contribute, and they might not be ready just yet to play in schemes that they have right now. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's kind of how I felt. I'm like. These young guys aren't playing because we're not ready to play. And that was your first four picks. And none of those guys are helping the team right now. So, you know, I don't know. Then you, then you have the Rams who are like, screw picks. We're getting guys who can play right now. Like, just screw the picks. Just give me guys who can help this team right now. And they look good. They look they look. In the good. draft, they like take guys that are not going to help like 2-2 at well. Yeah, I don't know. Which, that, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Aaron Banks was a terrible pick. That was the worst pick of the draft. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what. He was a fifth rounder that went around. Are you serious? Man, they got enough guys in the team already who can who can help now that it allows them to be good. So it doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thought. All right. Uh, we somehow went almost an hour before getting to the Seattle game. So let's get into the Seattle game now. Um, oh, we have a question now about Aaron Banks. Probably not Zach. this year. Let's go. Probably next year. I'll yeah, probably next year. I think you're probably looking at a guy. I mean, as I said, Lakin Tomlinson could slide in at left guard. Good comparison right there. Right guard, I mean, maybe. If ooh, if Brunskill goes down, though, this year, what happens? Do you go with – They might they might throw uh, – what's his Jaylen name? Jalen Moore? Yeah, they might throw him out there first. Or who's – oh, no, Tom Compton is probably going to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be Tom Compton. It's, it's going to be Tom Compton. We ain't got to guess. It's going to be Tom Compton. So, yeah, I don't Dude. think everybody plays this year. That's probably why they kept Compton to play if Brunskill went down. Yeah. I said he was he's listed as a right tackle on our depth chart, which is weird. I think he's just he plays wherever someone's missing, I guess. I, I guess, know. yeah. I think I think he is this team's Daniel Brunskill. Like like Brunskill was you, you could even go Jake Brendel at right guard. Yeah, or you can toss Jalen Moore back at guard. So was no he five was by way of class, though, so I don't really want to say this class is yeah, I'm not gonna say this class is good or bad yet. You can't you can't. It's it's too hard really, to really. I don't even care about anybody else. I really just care about Lance. Get Lance right. That's all I care about. I don't care if everybody else sucks. If you get Lance right and everyone else sucks, you're still good because you got the quarterback right. That's the hardest part. So, as long as Lance turned out to be a, a good quarterback, then this clap, then this draft was was a success for the Niners. That's that's the biggest thing because you traded that first round picks for the next few years to get Lance. So you got to get that right. Got to. Because they don't, they're gone. Colin and John are gone. Don't get this right. So, oh yeah, no, they have to go. All right, Seattle. They're they're one and two. They lost two games to Minnesota. The they not oh, yeah. Titans. Sorry, it was the Titans. Titans and Vikings. Those were like two like historic kind of like you know figures. Titans, Vikings, kind of like. Then you got I the gold diggers so. and the 49ers coming up. So maybe we don't the have to gold for diggers. Them. 49ers, they're like gold. <laughs> maybe that's the wrong. <laughs> oh, Hot. yeah, it might not be the right pause. <laughs> what? Apologies. <laughs> Context, nice. buddy. Um, gold excavators. Maybe that's the word. Gold searchers. What what word? I this is like history. They were, what exactly were 49ers? I know they were looking for gold. That's all I know. The what gold diggers, it? man. The San Francisco gold. gold. That. <laughs> Welcome um, back to the Diggers podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Welcome back to the Gold Diggers edition. <laughs> Jeez, man. Um, uh. All right, back on track. Anyway, yeah, Seattle lost the last two games. That's that's the point, pretty much. Lost the last two games. Defense doesn't look good. Offense has been sl- slow in the second half. They got off the fast starts, and then they kind of just tail off. Don't know what's going on there for Seattle, but their offense hasn't been good in the second half. But does any of that matter going into this game for the Niners? I mean, it probably doesn't. Defense we thought was bad for Green Bay. They played good. Defense is bad for Seattle. They were bad last year. They played good. Could be the same thing this year. Maybe this is the maybe this time they make Seattle look bad on defense. Maybe this is the this is the year. Maybe, but we'll see. Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. Secondary banged up. No K1. He's out for a few weeks with a strained calf. 
We don't know if Norman will play or not. If he doesn't, then it's like, oh boy, they brought in Buster Screen to probably play nickel if need be with no K1. Um, screen hasn't been great in the last few years. You know, there's a reason he was out of the league, you imagine. So, Niners missed out on Sherman. He went to Tampa Bay, you know, so he's in, he's going to be in Tampa. He won't be in San Francisco. And by the way, I just want to, can I just say, I don't think that's really going to matter too much. Yeah, he would have started. I didn't think it But Richard Sherman was not that good last year. Let's be real. He's towards the end of his career. I think, I mean, it definitely helps Tampa a little bit, but don't they have, oh, no. Sean Murphy right? What's up? Didn't Sean Murphy Bunn go down for the year? No. He's out for a bit. He's out for like half the year with his elbow. That makes sense. Dislocated. But I think he should be able to come back this year at some point. But they need guys right now because they got a lot of guys hurt. Same with us. So kind of in the same spot. But my take was like, they're not going to be able to fix this this year. It's just like you do that in the offseason. You don't fix secondaries in the season. Um, And then, yeah. They didn't get C.J. Henderson. He went to Carolina, which you question if they could have got that done anyway because Balky in the Niners, who knows? Maybe they're not in bad terms. Maybe it was just like, hey, Balky, listen, we kind of suck right now, and like I got to get a new coach in here, and so like you kind of got to go. So, you know, peace and love, baby, but I need you, I need you to get somewhere else. So maybe maybe we're still on good terms, maybe. But I mean, either way, Balky maybe has a history with the Niners, and could that have played in possibly? But if the Niners oh. gave a good enough pick, a good enough offer, they might have been able to still get Henderson. Nonetheless, they don't. Uh, Cameron Dantzler, we'll see if they still pursue that. Um, I don't know if the Vikings. I think he hasn't been traded now. I don't think he's on the trade block. Yeah, I don't think they're trading. I think you have to wait for a little bit. Niners got the options. For the most part, I think Buster Screen was really all they had. So, you know, just going, I mean, this, this is secondary. This is it. This is how it looks. Uh, this is how it's going to look going forward. So you got to figure something out. So for the Niners, what needs to happen for San Francisco in this game to ensure they don't go to two and two? I One thing you got to look at, I think it re- it's really about the offense. I think the Seattle defense, it's not really that good this year. They didn't really improve anywhere. That's why I said Seattle was going to be the worst team in the NFC West this year, and so far they are. One and two with two losses against Tennessee and Minnesota. I think you're probably looking at the offensive side of the ball needs to step it up. And you look at the Seattle secondary. It's really not that good. They lost Shaq Griffin. I mean, when your top corner is DJ Reed, that's never really a good thing. So I think that just kind of explains it. Yeah, you have Jamal Adams. Yeah, you have um, – why am I blanking out on his name? Quandre Diggs. Quandre yeah. Diggs is a really good safety too. But when you're I mean, when you're looking at that, I actually think Jamal Adams is technically a linebacker now. But uh when you're looking at the Seattle defense, it's really not that good. The offense has to step it up. Now, as for the defense, it's really just manning down a guy like DK Metcalf. And this is why I think Josh Norman's gonna start again because I think Josh Norman has the best chance of covering him. We saw last year how Emmanuel Mosley got absolutely torched by DK Metcalf. And now I think it's it's going to be kind of rough to cover DK Metcalf. I think those are the two keys to the game for the 49ers. I'm going to keep that pretty quick because it's it's that simple. You go bing, boom, bam. That's, that's three, though. You did two. It's just bing, boom. No, bing, boom, bam. Straight to the point. Oh. Like, okay. bam, done. I, I guess so. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I see where you're going with that. Um, Niners, 
how's that get interior pressure on, on, on Wilson? I don't think I know Bosa. Oh, yeah, keeping him in the pocket too is big. What's that? Keeping Wilson in the pocket too is big. That's how we beat the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So that and also, but I think you got to get into your rush. Because if you get too much depth in your rush and you open up a pocket for him to escape, that's going to be, you know, and you don't want to, you don't want to have the quarterback spy too much. Cause at least the middle of the field opened up, you take a defender out of coverage and just a guy who's just watching Wilson the whole game. And that who pick you apart if you do that too much. So now has got to get rushed with their front. Maybe throw some, just you got to get right up the gut. Just don't allow him, allow him to escape because he gets away from even people, you know, come free. You know, he still gets past guys on, on the edge. So got to find a way to just get him just right up the gut where you can't do anything but go down. That, and mm-hmm. that's on Armstead. That's on Kinlaw. And that's on Zach Kerr. We'll see if Maurice Hurts plays this week. I'm not sure. We'll see. But yeah, that's on those interior guys to make sure you're getting rushed. Make sure you're not allowing him to escape the pocket. Um, if you don't get a push and you allow him to, to get out of the pocket, you know, left or right in this in extend plays, the secondary had a hard enough time with, with Rodgers. He, he did that mostly from the pocket. They can only scramble out the pocket like a couple of times. Um, so if Wilson's – Wilson doesn't have to get the ball out fast, I don't think, necessarily, because he can't extend plays with his legs. So they might not go with a, a, a quick passing offense where it's like get the ball out of your hands quick. They might – run their normal offense and expect Wilson to, to extend plays. And then interior defensive line has to do better and, and run defense. We heard Ryan say in the interview today, you know, we, we said that was something that was, wasn't great earlier in the show um, for the Niners so far at this point is their run defense. Same thing in this game, Chris Carson coming up and, you know, big back, powerful back. He's Carson's been good, you know, for the Seahawks for a while now. And Niners got to find a way to stop the run because if they can't, it makes things that much harder. Um, and we know Seattle likes to establish the run. We know Pete Carroll's a big guy, a big run the football kind of guy. Uh, every time something doesn't go well, it's like we got to run the ball better. And that's like his thing. So <laughs> Niners cannot allow the Seahawks to run the ball efficiently because if they do, it makes things that much harder for the Niner defense. That's already tough on the back end. You know, the, the front seven has to do their job. They got to be on point in this game. They got to be the strength of this defense because it's not the secondary. You know, it's good as Tartan Ward are. They can't cover everybody. Those other guys, you got you got to help them out. Uh, got to help them out by getting to the quarterback fast and not not having these guys cover for longer than three seconds. And then for the offense, we got to run the football. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot run an offense where he's got to throw the ball forty times a game. Can't have it. This this offense is at, is at its best when you can run the football. Niners got to figure it out. Vikings had success yeah. last week with uh, with Madison. They were able to run the football. Got to find a way to get the fo- game run the football. Hopefully Mitchell's back. He is his team's leading rusher, um, although only in two games, and he's still the leading rusher, so it kind of tells you where the run game's at right now. Run game is not good for San Francisco right now. they got to be better because if you've got the run game, if you get Jimmy in a situation where he has to pass and he's you know in his obvious passing situations, it only makes things harder, especially when he isn't great attacking all areas of the field. He's only great over the middle of the field. And if you get to the point where he's got to, you know, attack Seattle downfield or outside the numbers, you know, you can't really just really expect him to, to really excel in those areas. So you got to find a way to make things, make things easier for Jimmy by 
running the football better than they have been. That's going to be a big part. And for the most part, they've been good in the red zone. I didn't know this, but fun fact, they've scored on every red zone drive, the red zone opportunity this year that offense has. So they've been good in the red zone. So, you know, just make sure you're, you're getting in the red zone. You've been money from there so far in this season. So let's keep that going. That's a good thing. Um, but, yeah, that's for the most part. It's really just the trenches on both sides. We got to dominate the trenches because they did not against the Packers. They did not. So get back to playing, get back to dominating trenches where this team is supposed to dominate, built to dominate. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to playing 49er football on both sides of the ball. That's really that's my keys to the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically you hit the hammer on the nail right there. Just making sure you're better than last game because that was not 49ers football. You got to play 49ers football, not just football, 49ers football. It's that freaking fracking simple. I'm going to spit this water out. <sighs> but, yeah, that's – that's basically yeah, it. No turnover, stop Carson, stop touchdowns in the red zone, maybe discipline, no penalties. Yeah, that's nothing. No, no holding penalties, please. No PIs. And I kind of worry about that because if they're getting beat, they're going to grab. You want to get beat deep for a touchdown. But still, PIs aren't any better. So these guys on the outside, Norman has some PIs. Um, Lenora had a PI. Uh, who else had a PI? Um, Mosley had one against – no grabbing. They're going to call it. So no grabbing, you know, clean coverage cannot give them easy yardage. Niners couldn't get out the field because of PIs. Gotta be able to keep your hands off the receivers. At least no, not, not like don't touch them at all, but don't, I mean, don't grab them. You guys know football. Who am I talking about? You guys know football. You know how it works. Um, mm-hmm. Should Shanahan consider putting in an extra lineman like no. more? For, no. no. I, I think we're I think fine with five linemen. The offensive line is a good offensive line. I think it's just the other things, other the team around it just needs to step up a little bit. Yeah, they just gotta, they gotta get more, they gotta be more efficient in, in their run game. They gotta, they gotta find a way to get to get yards. And you know, and then you start the question, maybe this this teams just know how to stop it now because we've seen Shanahan's running style, you know, kind of expand, especially with you know Kyle's coaching tree, not really a coaching tree, but just more guys with the Shanahan style system, um, going around the league a bit more. So. Maybe the league has a better feel on how to stop it now, and that's why they're struggling. But overall, they got this game. This team is built to run the football first, and then do everything off of that. So they got to get the run game going. Um, mm. Got to get more push on the line for the most part. Just I don't. I don't think. Think about throwing more out there. You're taking another guy off the field, uh, whether it be a tight end or a receiver, another pass catcher, and that makes you, you know, more. Maybe in the red zone you do that, but I don't think you do that, you know, between the twenties. So, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, yeah so play a sixty-minute game. Let's be, yeah, let's be on it the Start entire time. That simple. Yeah, you cannot. We said like five times already. You cannot start slow, and cannot end sloppy. That's it. Need a full sixty-minute effort. Need them locked in from start to finish. Big game for the Niners. They cannot. You fall to two and two. Two and two, and two you're last in division. Yeah, you, you'll be last in division, lose to Seattle. You're last you're going two Arizona the next that. game. Kyler Murray is on a tear right now. Um, cannot, cannot go to two and two. It starts to look bad, and I don't really want to see Twitter at, uh, on a two and two Niner team because oh, yeah, boy, it's, it's been it's bad enough for two and one. We're still two it and was one already. Last year. Two and two. 
sky's falling for real, for real. Sky's fell at that point. Sky is gone. Sky it's just fell. there's no sky. It's all dark. It's all scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. It's <laughs> That's that how simple. It's be. <laughs> for sure. Oh my god. Uh I'm not really nervous for this game. I don't know. I what's the line for this game? I don't think Niners are favorite by a whole. Let me look. It is uh right now I'm looking at the spread says uh where is it? I have Currently it the money line is on the Niners. I get Niners two and a half right now. Yeah, that's not a lot. Could you get three from? That's not a lot. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a close game. Yeah, I think I mean, the Niners are gonna pull out. I think it's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a dog. It's gonna be a dog fight. We're about to find out what the Niners are right now. What they're gonna be this season. That's what, we're, that's what we're gonna find out in this game. We're gonna find out whether this team has some real issues that's gonna hold them back, or this team just had one game where they just a couple mistakes cost in the game. No, you know, just faster start. They're okay. Or a couple less turnovers, they're okay, you know, and then they're, they're you know just they're rolling, but they lose this game, and it's like, all right, we got real concerns. And then mm-hmm. they go into probably get two and three. Lance is really getting to look at that point. They're like, all right, we're two and three. Do we make the switch now? You know, do we need a spark right now at two and three? But we'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. You're you're at three and one. You go into break three and two or four and one. You're just chilling. You're good. Absolutely. So that sounds good. But losing that Packer game sucks because that could have implications on the playoff seating because now they got the tiebreaker over us. So mm-hmm. you're tied for a wild card, which I don't think they're going to be in the wild card. They're going to win that It's division. not the end of the world. Packers, Packers win that division. They're going to win that division. I mean, there's Lions. Nah. Bears don't know what they're doing. Well, mm-hmm. no, the Vikings. Vikings should be 3-0 right now. They, they lost because they uh, the Dalvin Cook fumble in, in the Bengal game was not a fumble. That was a missed call. Oh yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, that was a missed call. They missed the field goal against Arizona. They should be three and zero right now. So they'd be in, in the lead in the division for the most part. They, I mean, that must suck for the Vikings right now. They should not be two, uh, one and two. It should be three and zero. But the defense has to keep shouting no more than twenty one points. We will win. We will, we will win. I can't talk. We will win 24-21, My guess. That seems realistic. I mean, that's, a, that's a very reasonable prediction right there. But can you imagine how it's going to look? That's going to be a stressful game. It's going to, oh, dude, it's going to be hella stressful. <laughs> like that, like literally all our games this year have been stressful. It's just like at the yeah. end of the day, at some point, I'm just going to have a heart attack and die. But you know what? It is what it is. We're chilling. When's the last time? Niners haven't won comfortably since like the New England game. That was the last time we were like, oh, we're chilling. Oh yeah, no, it's been it's been a minute, dude. It's been a long time. And obviously the rest, of, rest of the season you got Nick Mullins, so I mean you kind of understand. But it yeah, it's been since <laughs> that game since we've actually got a chance to sit back. And I guess the line game for a little bit, and then and then we just down, collapsed. And then you're like, okay, what is going on right now? But all right, that's the show. We've been going for a long time. Um that's, as I said at the front, uh, we were like, are we gonna get to like 40 minutes this episode and we got an hour and 20 so hour 20 man double that let's go yeah we see that's <laughs> a freaking fracking if go. you say freaking fracking you're gonna have kids saying freaking fracking in this era we cannot have that good you're, you're shame um 
Make sure you subscribe to the pod and follow the pod, rate the pod, wherever you're listening, wherever you are getting this from. Uh, do all those things. Make sure you, if you want to catch us live, you can catch us on YouTube. Make sure you sub to the channel and all that good stuff. Man. Leave a like, ring the bell. You know the Twitter. Routine. Wait, take Twitter, down, take down the follow the Twitter. Twitter. Oh yeah, I got Twitter. to in the comment. Yeah, you see the, you see the the uh, the tag at Kobe Ransom forty nine GM at nine wire Sam on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm trying to get back on there. Instagram. I got to figure out Instagram. He, he out made an, he made an Instagram post. Isn't that crazy? And then Sam ruined it. I mean, Sam ruined it because he's like, hey, can we go at five instead? I'm like, now my post is not accurate. Now you could edit your post. You realize now seven? No, can I put a picture? I put I put the the oh. So it's up. It's, I mean, I probably should do it on my story. You can story. like say correction five. I'll probably put it on my story. Something like that. I don't know. I, I got to figure out how that, how all that works. But yeah, um, follow Kobe on Instagram. Thank you, Jay Aguayo. Yeah. We appreciate it, Jay. You be blessed as well. James, could be James, John, Jimmy, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it for us. We're going to get out of here. Long show. Hopefully you stuck with us the entire way. If you did, you're a real one. Uh, we appreciate you. That would do it. And we will see you guys. Hey, get like Jay Guayo. He's got to subscribe. Hey, be happy we with him. Go sub. Makes your life better. I guarantee you. Guarantee makes your life better. Be sub to one of our channels. Just help a brother out. That simple. <laughs> I got to feed my kids, man. Come on. I'm just playing. No, I'm not. I'm not in that spot. <laughs> uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening. As always, go Niners. See ya. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just signed up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.